pastor's been doing a lesson, if some of you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, on responsibility. He said, hey, you can play off of that, or if you want to do something different, that's fine. And I decided to stick with the responsibility. Um, I have been working um, at the prison for about 12 years, and at the school, I'm going my 13th year. I've worked all my life. Um, I've been coaching. I've been involved in the community. I've been a parent. I get it. Um, but some of the things I'm going to talk to you, I'm not going to try to step on anybody's toes. But if your toes get stomped, and maybe it's not about me. Maybe your toes need to be stomped. Um, but there was this boy and his father, and they were outside, and the dad was talking to him. And, the, of course, the kid, some, I've had this at elementary school. Kids ask me the darndest questions. It's just like, oh, my, how do I respond to that? But the question that the dad got, what, what is the size of God? And he looked up the sky, and there was an airplane flying way up, one of those commercial airplanes and stuff. And he pointed it up, and he showed him that up there. And he said, well, the dad did. He says, well, how big is that? So, well, that's a pretty tiny airplane. Well, then he decided to take him to the airport and go see that airplane in person. And, of course, he asked him the question, well, how, what's the size of that airplane? And he says, that's large, Dad. Now, the whole takeaway from that is you, everyone in here, gets to decide how large God plays in your life. But it's the distance. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about today. The distance, the, the relationship. If you want to have that relationship, you have to be inactive in that relationship. He is always there. He always has will. He will always be there. And he has love, open arms for you. But a lot of times we get busy with things in the world. A lot of times Satan is working overtime to try to distract us to where I'm sure that some people probably give a testimony that at some point in their life, I'm one right here, that God seemed pretty small in my life. Or even to the point where like, God, where are you? You know what I mean? Um, and so I think it's very important to realize that God can be huge in your life but it's about your attitude, your perspective on things. So the question is, how can we get closer to God so he can be greater in our lives? And the importance, if you're a parent, a grandparent, a co-worker, is the greater he is in your life, the more opportunity you are going to be to be a blessing to your kids, to your, for me, it would be my students. For other people, it would be their co-workers, that you can have a huge impact on other people's life. But it kind of needs to be about being a responsible Christian. Sometimes we say, well, we get saved and we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And then we stop with that. We stop growing. You know, when you get saved and you accept Jesus Christ as a Savior, you're a babe in Christ. And it's so funny. I usually never bring water, but I need some water. Mm. Whew. That was good. So... Um, being responsible is a very important thing in your Christian walk. But it's also being about your father's business. Um, one time when Jesus was at a feast and so, and the, his mom and them were all looking for him and asking, well, where are you? Well, I'm being about my father's business. How many of us can say that on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis, that we're about our father's business? Are we too busy to be involved in God's work? 
Now we have our work. Now you say, well, what does that look like? But being responsible, Ronnie, you're a football coach. What does a responsible player look like? Describe that to me. On time. Contributes to the team. Helps out. Okay. How about, is there any teachers? Shana, what's a responsible student look like? Okay. So they're actively involved. Okay. How about a parent? Who's, who's, Melinda, what's a responsible child look like? Oh, Melinda's not up here. Um, who else has kids? Yes, Mr. Luby. <coughs> Your kid's like, oh, no. What's a responsible kid? Uh-huh. They do what they have to observe what they need to be done. You know, like you don't have to keep track of what they're doing. They love us, they they react to us. No, no, you're you're not you know you're not supposed to be lying in church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um <laughs> I didn't mean to set you up for that, but <clears throat> in my personal experience as a parent. Sometimes Micah was very responsible, and then there's other days it's like, what am I doing wrong as a parent, right? Rodney, is there times you're like, what am I doing wrong as a coach? Friday night. <laughs> Shana, is there times when you're, as a teacher, you're like, what am I doing wrong? So, there, and how many would describe that there's a couple students or players that really challenge you, right? And you're like, being your head and all that. Now, I think about that because I've had that felt experience, and I've, I've been a coach before, and I've been a parent before, and I've even been here in church before. I've had youth where I see them growing and stuff, and then all of a sudden they find a boyfriend or girlfriend, and then it's like they ditched youth group after because they got their boyfriend or girlfriend, and then it's like, no, they were doing so great. So I've had to pull that hair out kind of experience. But it's our responsibility <clears throat> Think about this, guys, and this is self-reflection. This message today was not intended for any one person, um, and, but we need to really self-reflect and think about where we are at as a Christian. How many times do you think, like, am I that kid? Am I that one that's not always constantly doing whatever I want to do as a Christian? Now, I'm not just talking about teenagers in here. I'm talking about you adults, as parents, as grandparents, are you being responsible in your Christian faith? I can tell you my grandmother, she used to always sit down with me with Bible verses. And I don't know, she must have seen something that I didn't see. But <coughs> I'm kind of like, Grandma, why every birthday I get a Bible and my brothers get toys? Like, come on, there's something here. And, but there's that responsibility that as parents, as grandparents, as members of this church, that we have a responsibility to each other, <coughs> to help each other, to love each other, despite us. I got to tell you, I have all kinds of issues. Um, Shannon will tell you. She, and she, hey, she's stuck with me 25 years. Been pretty, pretty, pretty great. Oh. I got a bunch of ice and no water. Um, but it's been one of those experiences that I've, I've, I've thought about this. Brenda, I can think about how um, Brenda and Nora 
like, I can't be a director of the children's ministry. That's just not my thing. But you know what? They answered the call, and they did it. And guess what? They were great. They were fantastic. Just like, oh, she rocks. She's on my Christmas, she's on my Christmas list. <coughs> she's being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, but there's a part where I remember Nora and, and they were great as directors. They said they didn't feel called or they're like, I can't do this or I don't know anything. It's just like Moses. Moses was like that. He was put in a public leadership position. He was like, what are you doing? What are you thinking on this, God? <coughs> Someone told me the other day, I was talking to him. I was asking him about something. He said, well, I'm just not passionate about that. I'm not passionate about cleaning toilets, but I clean them. You know what I mean? Like, if, if that's what God tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Um, <coughs> there are so many things here at the church that I didn't do because I said I was passionate about it. It's because pastor had a need or the church had a need. You do it. So please don't mistake that, that you have to be passionate about doing something in church, that sometimes it's just that, hey, I don't know why God has me doing this, but this is what I'm going to be doing. <coughs> Joyce, I'm going to tell this story. Um, Joyce called me up one day, and she was about wood chips. I don't know if you know the rest of the story, but when she called, she said, um, I need X amount of wood chips. I was like, no problem. I got my truck, and I have a trailer and stuff, but Rodney, I was like, man, I just got done with work. I, I'm going to go do this to get her wood chips because I want to meet that need. Holy Spirit was convicting me that, hey, I need to do this. And so when I got there, and you're an angel right now, because I'm like here, oh, man, can't wait to get that water. Sorry, people, I don't know why this is happening to me. Maybe it's just for her to show that she's being responsible. <laughs> Loving. But anyways, so I drive to Walmart, go get the wood chips, and Ronnie, I have miscalculated big time. I should have got the trailer. But I was like, man, I don't want to disappoint her. I'm filling this thing up. So I had the back of my truck filled up. I had the back seat of my truck filled up. I had the passenger. I had, I was good. If there was an accident, the fire people, they would have been like, what is going on here? He has mulch all around him. And my mom calls me. Who she's big into landscaping. She calls him. She says, so what are you into? I'm like, you probably wouldn't believe it, Mom, but right now I'm surrounded by mulch. And, but, you know, there's a part of me said, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do that. But the Holy Spirit was convicting me to do it. Well, if you don't mind me saying, she, she lost her husband. And, you know, when you lose a husband or a spouse of any length, that's tough. And... Whenever I came that Joyce, I got a blessing from it. Just hanging out with you, talking to you, you show me your property and stuff. It was a blessing. But at the time when I first did it, I was like, okay, God, I don't know why you're asking me this. I'm a pretty busy guy, but I'm going to do it. <coughs> and I did have this sinful, fleshful thought that, isn't there other men in the church can't help out and do this type thing? And that's where Satan's at, you know what I mean? Like, no, they didn't call them. He called me to do it. And I got to tell you, I was blessed because I got to get to know her as a sister in Christ and got to be a blessing to her. Now, I don't say that to brag or anything. I'm saying it to say the relationship. You know what I mean? That if the Holy Spirit's working in you, he'll take stuff that you'll wonder, well, why is he having me do this? And then you'll be like having those moments where, wow, that's cool. God's working this out in my life. 
Now, we're supposed to be about our father's business, which our father's business is to love on each other, but it's also to be responsible. You know, sometimes I'm, I, I hear all this, like, oh, church people are just supposed to love, love, love. Sometimes truth hurts, too. And I got to tell you, sometimes when I've represented truth, it's not well received by this world. This world just wants to do what they want to do, how they want to do it, and they don't realize that, hey, that's not how God created us to be. So in Luke 2, verse 49, it says, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Now, Romans 12, 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transferred by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I will tell you that I'm not saying to quit everything that you're doing and stuff. But if I'm a football coach, I'm going to be like the Clemson football coach that gives testimony to God's greatness and honors him in everything he does. How many of you guys ever know about the Clemson coach, right? And he's very public, right? There's a um, football coach who prayed at the thing, and they wanted to fire him, and he went to Supreme Court, and guess what, Ronnie? He won, right? Um, sometimes Christians are getting pushed all over by everybody and stuff, and we need to be more responsible and know what we can and can't do and be children of God, a light to this world, because it's going to be a very dark place. But if I'm a football coach or whether I'm at dance, competition, pageants, sports, whatever it may be, I do it for the glory of God. Um, I'm blessed to say that at school, Samantha, what do we do on Thursdays? <coughs> we pray for our students out at the flagpole. Um, and there's several staff that come out, and we pray for our school and for our community. And it's just an opportunity to be a light. That's what Christians do. We pray. And sometimes the world needs to see we pray. And you won't believe, Samantha, like whenever they see the students pray out there or they see us out there, I have people come up to me and say, that is really cool that you guys are doing that. People need to see a light. People need to see when you go out to a restaurant that they see people praying around the table for their food. You, you, you watch this. You go out and eat at a restaurant, sit-down restaurant, you look around. Nobody's praying for their food. We are supposed to be an example. We're supposed to be a light. We should be blessing that food. That's our responsibility. And maybe we got so busy that we forgot that, hey, we got to take time out for God in everything we do. Now, it says that be not conformed and be the renewing of your mind. What does the renewing mind look like? When 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we're not to take our Christianity lightly. We're supposed to be studying God's word. We're supposed to know God's word. We're supposed to be living God's word. Now in Psalms 119.10-11, through 11, it says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from the commandments. There's commandments that God gives us. Now some people would say, well, that's in the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. We're, no, those commandments stand. They were created by God. He didn't say get rid of them. Um, but there was an explanation that because some people took it to another whole level and twisted it. But we're supposed to follow his commandments. We're supposed to still operate out of love, which was a lot of emphasis in the New Testament. Everybody wants to throw out the Old Testament. The Old Testament stands just as much as the New Testament in my eyes. Thy word have I hid in my heart. When he's talking the word, he's, not, he's talking about God's word, guys. We should know our Bible. We should know memorized Bible verses. That, the, the, that's important to draw upon that when you're in your time of need. I know that so many times it's been, 
a blessing to have some Bible verses. Because I'll tell you what, I've been persecuted because of my faith. I've been persecuted because I tried to do the right thing. And people twist and lie and misrepresent. And that's Satan, guys. Just like Satan is throwing this dark cloud upon pastor and his family and stuff and creating some things for him, heartaches and stuff. Most men would have just threw up their arms and said, I quit. I give up. Do you know how hard it is for a pastor to be actively and give his whole heart to his people as a leader of this church, and then people aren't being active and, and producing fruit? Did you hear that? Every one of us. Now, what Bob's fruit looks like and what my fruit looks like is completely different. What Shana's fruit looks like is different than me, but we are to produce fruit. It's not just pastor to do it. Every one of us is called to do that. And the reason why there isn't being fruit is because we're not studying our word. We're not being in his word. And coming once a week to Sunday, there should be, a, hey, I'm listening to Christian music. I am surround myself with other Christian people to strengthen me, to work with me. Now, I know I've, and I got to tell you, I work a 40-hour week. I get that life's busy. I've been a parent. I've been a coach. But I'll tell you one thing. My son was in church because the, I knew the importance of church. And I've I got to tell you, it has made a difference, I believe, in Micah's life. I feel like that a lot of my prayers have been answered right now because God is good and he is faithful to his word. Being faithful in his word, being faithful in attendance, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Guys, I, this is the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit. And I've got to tell you this. is I feel like sometimes adults that get saved are a disadvantage than kids. Because when I was a kid, I got saved, and I was loved on, and a lot of people, I experienced God be used in so many ways by different people. And so naturally, that's a stronghold in my life. I don't care what you say to me, how much you persecute me. My faith is my faith, and I stand by the Word of God. There's no doubt in my mind. But I got to tell you, I know a lot of Christians that I talk to, they don't know. Like they, they know that, I, I believe they think they know, but they are not actively having a relationship with God. If he, he was here, he'd be like, I don't know you. What, what evidence is there in your life that suggests that you are a child of God? Because I don't know about you, but my son, if he never talks to me or anything like that, what type of relationship is that? That's not too healthy, right? Why should we have that type of relationship with God? This is God, the creator of everything. He loves us. He cares about us. Why would we want that type of relationship where, hey, you can have all my leftovers, God. If nothing else is going on on Sunday, I'll be here. Think about that. Once again, I've done 40-hour work week. I get it. I know life can be busy, but we should never be too busy for God. And we can do God in our work life. Even though the world says, no, separations, church and state, no, that's not true. There's certain things as a Christian in the workforce that I can't do, but there's a lot of stuff I can do as a Christian. I can love on people. I can even give a devotion book to different people in my church, in my school. Now, they may not want it, but I can give it to them. 
I can voluntarily have a prayer around the flagpole for staff. Now, we do it before the workday starts, but we do it. It's there. It's available to people. So being faithful and tense, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and I tell you, the more that the Holy Spirit works in your life, the cooler it gets, guys. Now, I will tell you, I am like a roller coaster. I don't mind saying it because I'm a sinner saved by grace. But there are some times that, man, Rodney, it feels awesome to be full of the Spirit or know that, hey, God's using you as a tool to help someone else. And then there's other times where because of the busyness or because I'm not being faithful to my devotions or um, whatever it might be, I guess to call it life, that I get off course. So this is not a criticism. I mean, I've been there. I understand that sometimes it doesn't always look the greatest. But we are here to help each other through those so that we can keep on going. It's like a campfire, people. Um, I don't know about you, when I do a campfire and stuff, sometimes I throw a couple extra big pieces on the fire just so that when I wake up in the morning, because I like sitting by the campfire in the morning when I'm camping and stuff, so I'll stick a couple extra pieces just so that there'll be some hot coals in the morning so I don't have such a tough time starting a campfire. But in the same way, we need to keep ourselves stoked. The way we do that is that we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ. I can tell you right now, I, can, I was thinking about this this past week, all the different, I look around to different people, and there's probably some people I've drove nuts at some point in time in this church, and apologize for that. That's me. That's not God working in me or anything. Um, but there's also moments that were special, where we've cried together, or where I've seen God doing cool things in other people's lives. Um, everybody in this room, I look like at Brenda, and I've seen her at her best, and I've seen you at your worst, right, Brenda? And Brenda's seen the same with me. Um, I remember one story, Brenda, the Hardy's story. <coughs> we were on a mission trip, and they, they had it out. But you know what I learned from that, Brenda? You're still sitting in this church serving God. Because that day you could have been like, I'm done. I'm never going back to Valley and have been about this church, right? There's a time where I brought awareness to pastor, and he, I guess I picked the wrong day, or I didn't know his emotional, but he was hot right? Um, but, and he's grown in that way, very much so. But I remember, but you know what? As Christians, we work through it. I love that man. Um, there's so many good qualities about pastor and stuff. And, um, but I could have quit. I could have went somewhere else. But that's how it is sometimes in churches. Sometimes it's not easy, is it, Nora? Right? Or where you feel like that, hey, I'm going through this rough time. Why isn't anybody loving on me? Right? Some of that's because we're not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just like you were being sensitive to my need and with the water, so thank you for that. Um, actively having conversations at work with family about God. Social media. Um, using it as a platform by giving God thanks, sharing His Word. Um, some of you guys have social media and stuff. <clears throat> Sometimes it gets rough with social media. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I just want to delete that person. Beep. Um, but then I'm like, no, you know what? That's them being human, and we have a different opinion. But I'm sure they feel the same way. But should we be giving God credit to other people in public? Or is it just a private thing? Do we keep it private? Or should we be public about it? But, hey, I'm a child of God, and I'm thankful. Sometimes we're not being appreciative enough of what things we do have. 
Um, here's another one, sharing his word with other people. I, I want you guys thinking about, have you been doing these things in the past week? And if you haven't, don't beat yourself up. Repent, talk to God, work it out, and find a way that you can, that you're comfortable and that's your way, because we're all different personalities. Another one, tithing. That's part of being a Christian. <clears throat> I think it's an important piece. We wouldn't be able to pay pastor's salary. We wouldn't be able to have some of the ministries we have. We wouldn't be able to do improvements to the buildings if people weren't faithful tithers. I will tell you, younger people, the older people in the past have been the ones that are faithful to that. And I don't know where we dropped the ball or missed that, but I tell you what. And you say, well, uh, I have expense. I have a go on faith and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that God gets this 10%. Um, and when you think about 10%, Rodney, that's 10%, not 90% he asked for, not 50, 40. Our government takes 33 of ours, right, or something like that. Actually, now it's feeling more like 60, but, um, but um, we're supposed to give back and tithe. Now, some people don't realize this. Guess what? There's tithing and there's offering. And some people, well, isn't that the same thing? No, it's not. Tithing's the 10%. Offerings is, you know what, God, you've been so good in my life, I'm giving above that. I want to offer more because your goodness and your greatness and what I've seen you done in my life. And, you know, when we think about our time, what if we tithed our time too? Now, I've had some people tell me that tithing was an Old Testament thing, Rodden. I still don't believe it. I believe it's a biblical thing. I think it's important to show that, hey, my faith is true. But the other thing about the tithing part is someone said, um, well, that's not in the New Testament. Let me tell you what's in the New Testament. If you want to go buy New Testament, hey, you sell all your things and give it, give it to the glory of God. But you've got to think about tithing and offering. And if you want to use Bible, I'll use Bible verse. We can just take one verse out of the Bible and make application, but that's not how God intended it, guys. In the Word of God, it was meant as a whole, not as just one. Now, so tithing and offering, guys, right now we'd have a church man if everybody tithed. Would I love to see the church van ministry happen again? Absolutely. It was a blessing to me. Actually, out of all the things I've done in this church, I was probably most passionate about the van ministry. And, <coughs> but, there's things that we can do as brothers and sisters in Christ to show evidence of our faith. Supporting your brothers and sisters in Christ with words and actions. And some of you are excellent, by the way. There's a lot of you that are great about showing, doing cards, calling somebody up. And I think that's one of the great things about our church is I do think that there are a lot of people in our church that are caring and thinking of others. Listen to great Christian music. I can't tell you, I don't know. Maybe for some of you it isn't a thing, but for me, there's so many times when I'm feeling down, I turn on some music, Christian music, and that it is well with my soul, right? Um, how many of you guys, Christian music can really have an impact on you, right? And I wish I could play the guitar, Rodney. I, I really wish I could be up here and sing some songs for you guys, but God didn't give me that talent. Um, what will I experience if I'm responsible? I think you'll, if you're a responsible Christian, you'll experience joy, happiness, long-suffering, hope that you know even though you're going through tough things. Are you ready for this? Persecution. 
if you've never been persecuted for your faith, then you're doing your faith wrong because it's going to happen. I mean, if you're an active and a responsible Christian at some point in time, you're going to experience persecution in your life. It's biblical. There's Bible verses about it. But if you're never public about your faith because <coughs> you're worried because you're still playing half on the fence type Christianity where you're on the fence where half the time you're doing this and half the time you're doing the other, the goal is to be on the other the whole time, right? Or actively pursuing that. Now, Christian walk isn't easy path. It's narrow at times, and our flesh can make it feel lonely at times. But God will definitely be larger in our life. The Holy Spirit will speak to you in ways you have never could before. And i got to tell you, I cherish the moments where God has come through and done some pretty cool things. Some of you I've shared, and I'm going to go ahead and share it today. Is I'll give you an example. We were starting up the children's ministry, the Awana, and there was a little bit of pushback on that, and as far as the financial commitment and stuff, but my grandmother-in-law, Shannon's grandma, step-grandmother, I guess, but um, super nice lady, but she wasn't one to, like, to buy me birthday gifts or do all kinds of stuff, but one day, I was about ready to give up on the whole idea of starting a wanna minister. I really felt passionate about it and like, hey, this is something that we need to do as a church. <clears throat> but there was some things said that I thought, maybe this isn't like, this is too hard. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just give up. And she cleaned, cleaned out her house and she found this trivia, Christian pr- trivia pursuit. And it was just a blue box. And on it, it said 2 Timothy 2.15. And it was in gold and lace. I don't know how many board games. I've never seen many board games that have gold lacing. But it had the Second Timothy 2.15. It had the whole verse. Study show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed. I said, what's, what's the big significance of that? Nora, what's the theme verse? It's the one of theme verse, people. That's God. You can tell me that it's not, it's just coincidence. But here, someone who never gives me, hands me this box and says, hey, I think you'd like this and stuff. She didn't know the significance of it. Now, when I'm driving home, guess what? I am telling like, okay, God. <laughs> and you know what? We had 45, 50 kids with the Wannamans, didn't we, Brenda? So God was in it. There's several kids that got saved through that ministry and stuff. But um, God's done so many things like that in my life that it's like, no one's going to, my faith is my faith, it's strong. And I, some of you, I'm sure, probably haven't had some of those experiences where you're like, man, God, man, this is awesome. I've seen where Steph and Chris, Chris, Stephanie Toms and Chris, like they're down in North Carolina, they're doing th- things, giving back with God. But there was a time when they both were at my house separately because they were struggling and stuff, and I, I just wanted to fix but I prayed. And other people prayed for them. And now they end up meeting themselves through the church and married and have a little boy, and, um, which is a miracle boy. Um, but I could talk about that. But I'm like, man, praise God. Yes, sir. Yes.
but I, and I t now, this is not a hospital. Oh, thank you. And this is not for just the saints here. Okay, um, this is like kind of a hospital for sinners. And I'm thankful for grace for me because I tell you that if you have a bunch of sinners coming to church, is there going to be conflict sometimes? Yeah. There, I mean, there's, if anybody's been faithful to this church, at some point in time, they've had a negative experience. Um, but that doesn't mean that you quit church. I mean, you, when you go down to Walmart, you keep on going to Walmart. Uh, how many of you have had a negative experience at Walmart, right? I still keep on going to Walmart, right? Um, so this is the funny part. Are you ready? I had to throw this in here. So the goal is don't miss the mark. Uh, mark. <laughs> and certainly don't give up trying to hit the mark. Uh, be tuned into God. Tap into him. And certainly don't be like the frog. Say the frog. Guys, I am here to tell you there's the frog. There's an experiment that was done. I think I've shared this before. But if you have a boiling water pot and you throw the frog in there, guess what happens? He jumps out, right? But if you set the frog in there and turn up the heat, the frog won't jump out and he ends up dying, right? People, I am telling you, I'm seeing it left. I'm a school counselor. Boy, my heart breaks. Like, if you see me sad and stuff, it's probably because there's something on mine. Samantha, she's a teacher. She can tell you that. Sometimes you go home and you, I don't have enough money to fix the problems in, in some of the situations. And um, I don't even know where to begin sometimes. It is tough. Um, because people, spirituality, faith is not ever present anymore. So be praying for our school teachers, praying for our school staff, praying for all those situations. But don't be like the frog and you say, well, I'm saved, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you can be saved and a Christian, but you can also at some point get up there where you're at the Father's feet and he's like, I don't know you. It's easy for you as a Christian to get to the point where you're not serving God, you're not doing anything for his kingdom, and you're missing the mark. I don't want that for anybody. It tears me up. I know it tears pastor up whenever he sees that someone growing in their faith and stuff, and then they get completely derailed. It happens. But know this, is that as long as you stay faithful and as long as you stay in his word, that he will get you through it. God will get you through it. And hopefully, if we're sensitive as a family, a church family, that we help each other through it. Their question, another statement I like to say, if it walks like a duck, acts like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's a chicken, right? No, it's not a chicken. It's a duck. Um, and as a Christian, we should walk like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian. Right? Yes? So when we go to work on Monday, or students, when you go to the high school, middle school, act like a Christian. Because you never know, you might be that person, that relationship. Because I'm telling you right now, I look around this room, and you guys have a wealth of people, your circle of influence. Ronnie, you work at Bruce, right? Shana works at the high school. I work at the elementary school. Duffield works at the elementary school. So there's all kinds of people here that have contact with people that they can be a light to. Because I know the people Rodney knows, I can't have the same impact because he, he has relationships with them that I don't have, right? But coming from him, it means so much more. I know, oh, Scott, um, my mom talks about you all the time. This guy, he does a post office in French Creek. 
he gives his customers coffees and talks with them and um, has good testimony. And guess what he does? He's a post person. I hope that's going to get you in trouble, but he talks about God <laughs> to people that want to hear it, right? So even as a post person, you can be a child of God. Um, the question that I want you guys to self-reflect and think about, don't go away from this room right now feeling about, bad about anything. That's not what this message is for. It's to give you an awareness so that you're not that frog sitting in the water and Satan is having victory because he turned up the water on you and you didn't even realize it. Sometimes the best way he does it is by keeping you busy. So busy that you forget to do the very basic things as a Christian. So what is the size of God in your life? In Revelation chapter 3, verse 15, 16, it says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou went cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Those are pretty harsh words. Guys, don't be lukewarm in your Christian walk. Once again, your Christian walk is not going to be like mine. It's not going to be like anybody else in this room. But have a walk. And we need it more than ever. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God have before ordained that we should walk in them. And my last one that I use a lot is First Peter. And this I'll end with this. I'm sure some people are getting hungry. First Peter 5, 6-9. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. You know, it's easy to be all about myself and all that. But remember the mighty hand of God. He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. He careth for each one of us. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... As a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. If there was ever a time for our church family to be active in ministry, you watch what happens. Pastor might get on fire because I'm telling you what, he does it pretty good on his own. But if he sees everybody else doing ministry work or doing things that are blessing people, guys, some of you have talents that I don't have. You need to use them for the glory of God, not for this world, not for yourself, but for the glory of God. Um, there is so many ministries that we could do in this community if we had helpers, workers. Pastor talks to me all the time about things that are on his mind, on his heart, but he doesn't have the people to fulfill those dreams. Now, I have a bell. This bell, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but there's a video game. It's called Age of Empires. When I was younger, this is probably 20 years ago, there's this game called Age of Empires. And you would ring this bell if things were getting bad in your village that you created and there was hostile people coming to attack it. Then you'd press the bell and everybody would run into the building and hide out until the threat was over, right? Like all the people that were doing corn and wood and stuff, and they would come running back to the village. So I am ringing the bell to let you know that you are needed that God wants to do great things in your life and that you can, be as long, you can have that kind of relationship with God. It's there. It's waiting for you. Now, I'm also going to ring the dinner bell because I remember, how many guys Little House on the Prairie? I was a big Little House on the Prairie when I was little. But they used to ring the bell for what? Huh? Church or for school, right? Because they had the school and the church. Isn't that kind of cool? Well, wow, wow. 
Oh, no, we can't have that at church, school in the church. But anyways, but then there's the dinner bell, right? Somewhere we're in the dinner bell. And then we're going to say a prayer for the food. And I pray that the Holy Spirit moves in your lives in a great and mighty way. Because I get excited when I see people passionate about the Lord. I have a co-worker. Um, she doesn't go to our church, but I see Christ using her, working in her, uh, in her life. And she's a positive force. Um, and that's what we need to be. Whether it's a teacher, a coach. Um, and by the way, please say a prayer for Rodney. He's taken some hits lately, haven't you, Rodney? Um, one of his star players got hurt and stuff. And hoping that some miracle happens and um, that you'll be able to still have him part of your team and stuff. But um, God is good. What is that? All the time. Do we really believe that? Because if we believe that, shouldn't we see it in our actions, our behaviors, in our words? Right? Let's get on it. Because I'm telling you, there is a need in this community. I love you guys. Um, and I know, like I said, for anybody that, this is the toughest thing about being up here is because I'm talking about some of this stuff. And I'm like, I hope you don't think that I'm being self-righteous or, or any of that kind of stuff or acting better than because I'm not, I've been there. I understand it. If we want, I saw this and I told the Sunday school class I was going to use this and we'll close out with this and then we'll say a prayer. It says, how do we walk by the Spirit? When Paul wrote to the Colossian believers, he instructed, set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. When our minds are occupied with the things of this world, we have difficulty keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. On the other hand, when we intentionally think about, dwell on, and meditate on the things of God's kingdom, we find that the Spirit leading our lives more easily. Saturating our minds with the Scripture has a way of pushing out things of the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right.